Good morning, EV Church family. How is everybody? We doing good? Hey, it is great to be back uh, with you this week. I was um, away last week. Thanks so much to Marco for sharing about his recent time in Central America. Guys, if you haven't learned this yet about Marco, he is a tireless servant in God's kingdom. And uh, man, we're just blessed. That's right, he deserves that. Give honor to who the, it is due. Uh, he, he has uh, not only here in his work uh, in Chattanooga, but all over Central America. Man, he does such a wonderful job. We are blessed to have him part of our EB staff. And I'm thankful that he was able to share, uh, share with you guys uh, last week. Now, now, some of you have been asking whether or not I was, I was sick last week, um, just out of town, what was going on last weekend. I didn't say very much in advance because I didn't want anybody to make a, a big deal or a big fuss about it. And, and I knew that there were some of you, if you knew, well you, might not, well, you might not actually approve, but now I guess the cat is out of the bag. And I mean, it was a pretty good deal, but I think Taylor and I pulled it off pretty well. Now, and some of you, I know, you were there at the concert uh, over the weekend. I mean, it was pretty good, right? I mean, didn't we do a great job? I mean, I, I tried to keep it from everybody, and man, that rain Sunday night, it was crazy, right? I mean, it was crazy. Um, you know, uh, it just kept coming down, and, and I said, Tay-Tay, I mean, that's what I call her, I don't know about you, but, but I said, Tay-Tay, I, uh, um, I, I think that, um, I, you know, I, I think we might have to stop the show, and she was like, well, you know, I, I think I agree with you. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know it's raining and all, but Tay-Tay, you just got to shake it off. And, and it, it, if you don't, there's going to be some bad blood between you and the fans. And so, so we went out and we gave it our best. I mean, we did. We gave it our best. <laughs> and, and it was great. All those screaming Swifties and those Barneys that were there singing along at, at Nissan Stadium and... But I do think that my concert days are behind me. I really, I really do. And it was a great event. And even though Tay-Tay wanted me to, to come along to Houston, I just had to tell her that we were never, ever, ever getting back uh, together. Yeah, that was, uh, this was it. That, that was all. So it, it was great. It was great. <laughs> Actually, unlike uh, many of you who were in Nashville, I was in Alabama last weekend. And it was Decoration Sunday at the cemetery where my father is buried. And so I went to be with my mom on that day. And Tanya's going to do the same next Sunday for her mother. And I don't know, perhaps, perhaps you came into town this weekend to be with, to be with your mom. Maybe that's, why, maybe that's why you're here today. And if so, man, we are so glad to have you here. And let me tell you, mom is excited. I heard people coming in saying, hey, I got the kids coming. Mama don't know. Now that's great, except Mama's cooking lunch today, and she really needed to know about who all was coming in. But the kids are here, and it is, it's great. It's always one of our favorite days here at EB, and it, it's just special whenever we get to celebrate Mom, because whenever Mother's Day rolls around, everyone just seems to be in a better mood. I mean, the kids are on their best behavior, and I'm glad because there's no kids' praise today, all right? Um, that, that's happy Mama's Day to you. But people smile more when it's Mother's Day, and husbands, they're more sensitive and attentive on Mother's Day. And so while everybody is in such a, a good mood, we like to do this. This is kind of an EB tradition, right? 
Uh, if your mom is here, is here with you this morning, here's what I want you to do. It's time for mo- selfies with mom. All right? This is selfies with mom time. So no matter where you're sitting, if mom is here, you go and find mom right now. And I want you to um, take a selfie. And, and mom, if you're here and your child is out of town, I want you to take a very sad selfie. Okay? Stick the lip out and then send it to your child. If only one of your children came, take a selfie with them, send it to the other kids, and let them know who you love best. Okay, you do that. That'll be great. And I need to, I need to get my phone. Where is it at? Thank you, Chad. Let's see. We'll get this here. Send this off to mom. That's right. Oh, good. Look, see? Doesn't matter how old you are, mom. We're going to get the pictures. How long you've been a mom. It's going to be great. Let me... There we go. You know, that, that just helps make everything a little bit happier, you know, today. And in honor of... Honor of all the moms, uh, we've got lemonade, we've got um, some little cakes. They have special names. We're just call them, going to call them little cakes. All right, we got little cakes in the lobby at the conclusion of this gathering. And we just ask that, um, good job. We just ask that moms go first, okay? Let moms go first, kids, before you jump into all the punch and the Judy and everything else, okay? Now, uh, when we schedule different teaching series here at East Brainerd, we try to look at the calendar and we try to connect the subject matter with the season or with events that are taking place as much as we can. So in November, we normally have lessons that center around being grateful or, or thankful. And each new year always lends itself to talking about renewal and second chances and, and having fresh starts. The same is true at Easter and Christmas when we focus on Jesus because it would just seem really strange to have a series on modes of transportation in the Bible or, or euphemisms during, you know, that kind of season. It just seems to make sense that we would try to connect the subject with the season. So it's no coincidence that we're in the middle of a series on the fruit of the Spirit as we turn this calendar over to Mother's Day. I mean, really, what mom out there wouldn't enjoy a little more peace, right? Can I get an oh yeah from moms this morning? Oh Yeah. And there are moms here that could use an extra cup of patience and self-control. Get a, oh yeah? And what about the kiddos? What about the kiddos? Oh yeah, think about, think about that. Wouldn't mom appreciate a little kinder or gentler little Bobby or little Susie? Oh yeah. And let's be honest. There are some mom-child relationships in our midst that are not exactly overflowing with love and joy. We need what God's Spirit is offering. And that offer is to cultivate the character of Jesus Christ in the life of every believer. And so the Apostle Paul described it this way when he wrote to Christians who were living in Galatia. He said it's the formation of fruit. It's not, it's not your fruit we've talked about. It's not yours, but it's God's fruit that is being formed in your life. So Paul said, allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. And he says, and God will produce in you the characteristics of Jesus. His love and his joy, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, and his self-control. It's the fruit 
of the Spirit. And it's the result of a God-centered life. And moms and dads, nanas and papas, meemaws, papas, aunts, uncles, however you like to consider yourself, the most important thing you can do for your child is commit yourself to living a God-centered life. It's the most important thing you can do. It's great that you want to give your child the best education or provide for them the best opportunities in athletics or relational opportunities. And many of you have strategized and you've sacrificed in order to position your child for immediate happiness and for future success. And again, that's great. And I hope and I pray that your child benefits from everything it is that you have done and are doing and will do. But our children need more than anything in this world. Our children need more than anything in this world someone who will model for them a God-centered life. Someone who will be daily influenced, daily led, daily empowered by the Holy Spirit. Someone who will display and share the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control of Jesus. And to that end, I want to ask that you commit to doing two things today. It'll be very simple, our, our message today. Two things that I'm going to ask, and sure, it's Mother's Day, and so we're kind of thinking about moms, but dads, this message is also for you, and it's also for you guys, even if you don't have kids, because our children need to see individuals, whether it's moms and dads, whether it's somebody else's moms and dads, where it's just nice, friendly neighbor, where, whether it's, again, somebody else's mama and papa, they need to see individuals who've committed themselves to a God-centered life. Need to see that. Needs to be modeled for them. So I want to ask two things of you. I want to ask that you trust and that you train. Say those with me. Ready? Trust and... One more time. Trust and train. Trust that the Lord can transform you into the person that he wants you to become. Notice it's the person that he wants you to become not the person that you necessarily want to become. Trust that he can transform you in the person that you want to become. The Apostle Paul told Christians that he was confident and that he was certain that God who began this good work within them would continue that work until it was fully finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, here's Paul's perspective. That God was working hour by hour, minute by minute, transforming the lives of these Christians from the inside out. And he was not going to stop until this age was complete. And look, I, I know that we don't always see it. I mean, as, as you were arguing with your spouse this morning while you were getting ready to, to come here, or as you were losing patience with your kids, as, as you were wheeling in there on two wheels into the parking lot, we do have cameras, by the way. We do, and it is so much fun to go back on Monday and just watch who was like coming in at the last minute, and we can see you in the car, and how you're, ah, and then all of a sudden the doors open, and it's like, oh, how I love Jesus, oh. I mean, you think that you've got everybody fooled, but man, we, we've got you. We've got you. Uh, and so maybe that was your day today. I don't know. Maybe there are times when you just don't look very much like Jesus, but you need to know that God is still working on you. It's kind of like those uh, weight loss photos that everybody puts on social media. I don't really know about that, but um, uh, some of you have a lot more willpower than I do. And, but it's like those photos that people put on, 
you know, it's the before, it's the during, it's the after. They ate nothing but burnt grass and seaweed milk. I mean, that, those pictures that get put on. And you can't see the change while you're in the moment. But over time, picture after picture and, and day after day and week 14 and, and all these things that you put out, you begin to see that perhaps you or perhaps this other person that you're looking at online, they look like a completely different person. And so what I want you to do is trust that the one who began a good work in you, maybe they began it when you were young like, like Troy. Maybe they began it when, when you were already a mom or dad. Man, maybe God began that work in you when, when you were a grandparent. Maybe it's taken a while. But God, who began that good work in you, we've got to trust that he will see it through and be faithful to complete it. We just have to be intent on allowing Christ's character to become our character. And, and if that's what we desire, if, if that's what we lean into, then the changes will come. It's the result of a God-centered life. So trust that God can transform you into the person that he wants you to be. So trust, right? What was the second one? Train. You need to turn around and tell somebody because apparently half of you got it. Train, right? Well, that training, that's something that we do for the sake of our family. It's for the sake of our relationships. That change comes the more we train to make ourselves available to him. And so what I want to ask that you do is just train yourself to regularly detach from the flow of this world. Train yourself to detach from the regular flow of this world. Notice I'm not saying that you need to train to be more loving, joyful, peaceful, all these things. Remember, that's not your fruit. That's fruit of the Spirit. That's God's fruit. It's the result of a God-centered life. So I want, I want for you to train to detach yourself regularly from the flow of this world so that you can listen more to God. I know it's not easy, but it's so important that we unplug from the hustle and bustle of the life that's around us. We talk sometimes about finding our place in this world or in this life, but we also need to think about finding our pace in this life because we just get so wrapped up. And I know we've talked about it a lot, and it's something that needs to be discussed. The rate at which our lives move is just quicker than ever. And we actually sometimes applaud impatience, and we esteem the hurried and the frenetic lifestyle that we began to, to live. And we wear it like a badge of honor that look how busy we are and look how much stuff that we got to do and look how much we get to run around. Richard Swenson in the book, The Overload Syndrome. The Overload Syndrome. He writes, I have thought long and hard about the issue of speed and have come to believe that it is as much responsible for the problem of personal and societal dysfunction as any other single factor. He says virtually all our relationships are damaged by hurry. By hurry. Think about how many of you were hurrying to be here this morning. Think about how many of you have already begun looking at your watch because you need to hurry to get to a special location for a special meal. It's all around us. And so he continues by saying, the trouble is God is not running after us. He knows that speed does not yield devotion. He knows that with all of our running, we're just opening an ever greater distance between where we are running to 
and where he is waiting for us. And yet we just keep running. It was the psalmist who said in Psalm 37 and verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord. So in order to detach from this impatient world, we need to pull away and just have some time with God. And we have to be able to get away from the hustle and bustle of our life and, and the job and, and just take different intervals where we are just being still and knowing that he is God. Now think for a minute what maybe that might look like in your life. Maybe it might mean actually taking that day off and enjoying a, a Sabbath rest. Maybe it means, moms, that you can help your family by just putting your foot down sometimes. When the schedules just get so full and crazy that it seems like you never end up crossing paths anymore, you can just step in and say, you know what, we're coming together. We're going to come together and we're going to protect. We're going to protect these meals together. Or we're going to make Sundays off limits in order to be able to enjoy a Sabbath rest. And with all the different sports schedules and the different things that come up, man, it just gets so crazy. And somebody, somebody in our families need to be willing to to say, you know what, we need to protect this chance to reconnect. And we need to protect opportunities to rest. And we need to protect opportunities to worship. And we need to protect moments that allow God's Spirit to grow fruit in our life. So train yourself. Train yourself to, not just in those maybe larger scale things, but, but train yourself to enjoy Sabbath moments. All right? Sabbath moments. It's not something, the Sabbath day, that we can just say, you know what, hey, I'm just going to rearrange the schedule. It's just going to stop right now. And it takes time. I get that. But maybe we start smaller and we begin to incorporate Sabbath moments, those small times of surrender and refreshing. And a great place to do this is in the shower. Now, I don't know if you take a shower in the morning or at night, okay, Either way, it works, all right? Whatever is your thing, however it is that you do the showers, that's great. But it can be a time where you just kind of go through the different pressures of life and just begin to surrender all those things over to God. You see, as the water washes over you, why don't you consciously say, all right, okay, this is the time where I'm going to give my anxiety over the Lord. And as this water is washing away all the soap, it's also going to remind me of, of God just washing the anxiety off of my soul. It's a time where we give God the anxiety, the struggle. It's the time where we give the sin over to God and say, I'm just going to give this to you. Where you consciously begin to say, again, that you're there in the shower and you're all sudsed up and the water's good and warm. And you're just going to say, Holy Spirit, I surrender this to you. And I know that you will fill me with strength that I don't have. And I ask for your love and for your goodness so that I can better respond to those who are different from me. And I ask for your joy so that today I can live a day of praise. I ask for your peace and for your patience so that I can be fully present with my kids today. I ask for your kindness and your gentleness so that I can be fully present with my spouse. I ask for your faithfulness and your self-control so that I might seek God's will over my own. You train yourself to intentionally block out time 
where you detach. Maybe it's not in the shower. Maybe it's, maybe it's in the car. Maybe you just have those moments early in the morning when you get up and you get that cup of coffee and you go out on the front porch. You train yourself to intentionally block out time where you can detach, where you can be quiet, where you can rest, and where you can trust in the Lord. Trusting and training. There's an intentionality. There's an intentionality that is the foundation of both of those acts. You see, all year we've been talking about how becoming more intentional with our faith is something that we desire, not only individually, but as a, as a church family. Instead of just going through the motions, we've talked about wanting to recenter on an intentional kingdom life, a life that is purposeful about centering on God. Where we say, this is the type of person that we are striving to be. Well, the trusting and the training, these things do not happen by accident. You don't just wake up closer to the Lord. You don't just wake up and find out that overnight the fruit of the Spirit has just been poured out over you. It comes from a conscious choice to live a life that is God-centered. God-centered. You know, today we live in a society where the experience is exalted above the purpose. So whether you're talking about attending a college or going to a concert, the question is no longer, did it accomplish its purpose? The question is, did it provide an experience? It's not, did you earn a degree? It's now, did you experience the college life? It's why a campus minister at a large university recently told me that the reason that tuition and everything is going up, colleges are no longer selling education. They're selling experiences. And you got to charge for all these different experiences that the kids get to enjoy. Sporting events, they're trying to improve the fan experience because apparently the product on the field is no longer enough to, to draw people in. People choose their coffee by experience. And yes, people even choose a church based on experience. And that's why last Sunday night, fans in the pouring rain sat out in Nissan Stadium in Nashville with me and Tay-Tay until 2 o'clock in the morning. 2 o'clock in the morning. And you ask those who went, and they'll tell you not about the music, but about the experience. Experience is king. Or on a day like today, we might need to say experience is queen. And friends, in a world of experiences... Our kids need the blessing of experiencing a mom who is God-centered. Need to experience that. And, and, and if that's something that you have experienced in your life, I'm very thankful for that. I, I give thanks every day for the experiences that I had with my mom. And I know that she's, I know she's watching now in Alabama. And I am who I am today because of those experiences. And, and so many of you, you are the person that you are, and you have the value set that you have, and the drive, and, and you have all of what you are, all that makes you you. So much of that is because of the fact that you had a mom who lived a God-centered life, and you experienced that. And I hope you give praise for that today. But I also know that some of you here did not have that experience. Maybe your experience was on the opposite side of the spectrum. 
And you say, Chris, that, that was not how I grew up. That wasn't the life that, that I have. I get that, and you're not alone. You need to understand. You, we have just as many people, I guarantee you, in here who, who had that, that God-centered mom experience that had something different. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that you are here this morning. And if you are a mom, you have an opportunity to provide an experience for your child that maybe you yourself did not have. You see, just because you had one experience doesn't mean that you have to continue in, in that necessarily. It's the same for those who, who had that, that God-honoring mom. It didn't just mean that automatically that those children were going to become God-honoring and have a, a life that was centered on God. That is a choice that every single one of us has had to make. And yeah, mom and dad and, and me, mom and papa, they all poured into that. But ultimately, it was a choice that we had to make as to whether or not we ourselves were going to live God-centered. And so if the thought of growing up, if you were in one of those households, you say that just wasn't a God-centered household. You can be the one that turns the page. You can be the one that turns the page and offers a different experience for your children. And even if you're someone here and you say, I'm not even married, I don't even know if I'm going to have kids, here's the thing, you can be the one, again, you can be the one that is the model, that is the mentor for some other child, for somebody else that's growing up here, of what a God-centered life looks like. It's all of our responsibility to make the choice to model that life in front of the kids that are around us. And so we need moms and dads who will display and share the character of Jesus because you have experienced the fruit of the Spirit. So what are you going to do? You're going to trust, and you're going to what? Train. You're going to trust that God is going to transform you into the person that he desires you to be. And you are going to train yourself to step back from this pace of the world, to take those Sabbath moments, to be more present with God so that you can be more filled with his spirit and enjoy the fruit that comes with it. Our prayer is that by your experience here this morning, that hopefully that you have, that you have taken one more step closer to a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ, whatever that looks like. Whether it is like Troy being baptized today, maybe that's something that you would like to do. Hey, just because we, we have those baptisms during our, our service doesn't mean we can't do it after as well. Guys, if that's something that you would like to do this morning, we want you to know that that opportunity is available. If, if you were here and you say, you know what, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, and I want to be on Team Jesus, then man, we'll celebrate with you in that. And we'll let you confess that here. Um, you can do it in front of everybody. You can do it uh, just in a, in a small group, whatever it is that you would like to. And we'll baptize you and we will rejoice. We'll rejoice in the fact that you've been clothed with Christ and that you are seeking to live a God-centered life. And maybe you're one of those individuals who's here this morning. You, you came to be with mom. You know, you, you came to be with mom and just to enjoy, and, and you didn't realize maybe some of the experiences that you were going to have or some of the feelings that you were going to have this morning. I hope you can thank mom for the relationship that you have with her. Thank mom for, for allowing her or for allowing you the seat that you have right here next to her today. 
And maybe you have been convicted, perhaps, to consider a, what a God-centered life would look like. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Not only me, but others of our elders, our shepherds, are the pastors that we have here at this church. One of them will be in our back room. We have a lobby that's just off, or excuse me, we have a prayer room that's just off our lobby. If you'd like to go back there here in a few minutes, just have some private time, just have some conversation with someone about your walk with the Lord. We'd love to have that conversation with you. More than anything today, again, we hope that this experience has been one that has brought you closer to God in a way that is just personal for you. We are grateful for your time. We're grateful for your attendance here today. I pray that this will be a week of trusting. It'll be a week of training. And it'll be a week where we are all filled with the Spirit of God. Can we stand and give him praise this morning?